0: Amen. Let's go to the word of the Lord. We've been sowing worship into our hearts, opening them up so that God can plant the seed of his word. Amen. We're going to be in Colossians chapter 3, verses 1 through 16. Colossians chapter 3. I'd like to take you through that. I felt led to uh, walk through this. Living from above. It's a mindset, it's a positioning that we are seated in heavenly places with Christ Jesus. We've been given a new nature in Christ Jesus. So let's read Colossians 3, verses 1 through 4. If then you have been raised with Christ, seek the things that are above, where Christ is seated at the right hand of God. So there's an if here, so we got to figure this out. If then you have been raised with Christ. So how do I get raised with Christ? I put my faith in what he did on the cross. He died on the cross for my sins, taking my punishment and my judgment. And I agree with that. I say, yes, I was crucified with Christ. My sins are now cleansed and finished. And then when he was buried, he buried our sin Raised from the dead, so I am now in faith raised from the dead. The Spirit of God comes to dwell in me, and I'm born again. I was taken out of Adam, put to death on the cross, and raised to new life in Christ Jesus. That's the gospel. So if that's you, you've been raised with Christ. Therefore, let's get our head in that identity. Our problem is is we're not living to that full identity. So he says this, he said, seek the things above where Christ is seated at the right hand of God. So your prayers are not just your wishes, you're not just speaking to the wind, you're not just hoping for things, you have direct contact with the intercessor before the throne of God. Get your head into that. Seek the things above where Christ is, raised at the right hand of God. Set your mind on things that are above. It's the second time he said it. We need to live from above. We need to think from above, not what's going on around us. We take what's going on around us and offer it to the throne above. Let's get into that identity the above identity, set your mind on the things that are above, not on things that are on earth. For you have died and your life is hidden with Christ in God. If you're hidden in Christ, where are you? Seated at the right hand of God and have an inheritance and all the promises are yes and amen. Get your head on that. For you've died and your life is hidden with Christ in God. When Christ, who is your life, appears, then you who will appear with him in glory. That's going to be awesome. When Christ returns, you're immediately going to have a new body and uh, you will appear with him in the glory. Amen? That is an amazing thing. So he goes on to the key verse and he talks about putting on and putting off. Putting off the old man, putting on Jesus. Now, how many of you have ever toiled and worked hard and had sweaty, dirty, grimy clothes and you take them off, right? You take a shower, hallelujah, it smells good, everybody around you is appreciative of that. And then you go back in the room and you put on all your soiled garments once again. How gross is that? I don't know, maybe you've ever had to do that and it's wet from sweat, and you put it back, Ugh. oh, But we do this constantly as believers. We're constantly putting on our identity in Adam back on us in our thinking and in our mindset instead of being clothed in Christ. Take off the Adam clothes. Put on the Christ clothes. Sit your mind above on everything that you're thinking. Don't be earthly in your thinking. And so he says this, In verses uh, 9 and 10, "...seeing that you have put off the old self, or the old man with its practices, and have put on the new self, or the new man, which is being renewed in the knowledge after the image of its creator. You are now born from above, so live from above. Born again, so rethink again your problems and your issues in Christ Jesus." It's a whole different paradigm when you're thinking from Christ's vantage point. You heard the word of prophecy this morning. Don't leave here without accepting the victory that is yours. Leave what you brought to Christ. He can take care of it. He can handle it. He's much better at it than you are. We've all witnessed that. We all agree. God's better at running your life than you are. Can I get an amen on that? All right, We don't have a debate on that. So don't pick it up again. Don't put your Adam clothes back on. They stinketh. Walk away putting on your new identity in Christ. He says this in the book of Romans, knowing this, that our old man was crucified with him, that our body of sin might be done away with, that we should no longer be slaves to sin. The only way to break the power of sin that is in your body by its patterns and behaviors is to renew your mind in Christ and live from above. All of us have become like one who is unclean. All our righteous deeds, our acts, are as filthy rags, Isaiah tells us. Our righteousness, our best effort, are like filthy rags. I'm going to give you the full rendition of the Hebrew for filthy rags. The Hebrew definition for filthy is menstrual rags. Hey, the Bible's very, figured, very colorful. Can you imagine putting on the bloodied menstrual rags again? We do it every day in our thinking and in our mind. We go back and revert to our concepts and way. We've been trained to be emotional responders. We're growing up in a culture and in a society by which we've been trained to respond to everything emotionally. And our emotions have been raised up under Adam instead of Christ. We've got to reorient. Stop making your decisions based on how you feel. Now, we can go to the other realm and think rationally, but rationally, we're focused on a frame of reference that is earthbound. You've got to expand your frame of reference to the throne room. If you're not living your Christian life out of an understanding of what's going on in heaven, you're going to end up living earthly or fleshy. And we've got to avoid that. That's what Luke, I'm sorry, that's what Paul is trying to say. And he says this, he makes a very interesting comment in 1 Corinthians 3.3. Are you not worldly? Don't be worldly. Are you not acting like mere humans? That's an interesting statement, isn't it? Because something's happened to you and I. We are no longer merely human. Because you have now been born from above, God has put his eternal spirit in you, and you are now made after the image of Christ Jesus. You're more than a mere mortal. You're more than a mere human, a fallen race in Adam. You've been taken out of that. You may still have the Adam history in your skin, but you are in Christ. You're no longer merely human, so don't act like a fallen people. That's basically what he's saying. Don't make your decisions based on your feelings, your intellect. Make them based on the heavenly throne room of God, the wisdom of God in everything. That means you're going to have to have faith. You're going to have to trust him. But there's an effort on our part. Put off the old man and put on the new man. That's up to us. The new man has been supplied. The wisdom of God has been given, so why do we keep going back? One man put it this way, we are no longer human beings, we are human becomings. Truly what God intended for us. So put to death, therefore, what is earthly or fleshly or Adam-like in you. Put, Put it to death. Don't revive it. Don't uh, restore it. Don't try to reorient it. It will always go to its base needs and lusts and drives. We've got to kill this thing. There's only one place where you can kill yourself and still be alive. It's the cross of Jesus Christ. You become a living sacrifice. This is us. Many times we're worshiping God because we thank Him for being saved, but we're living like mere humans. We're living like fallen people. We're making decisions based on carnal reasoning. I do it, you do it, we all do it. We've got to live from above. This is what Paul is getting at for us. Live from above. John Owen, a Puritan believer, said this, Be killing sin, or it will be killing you. If you are not daily dying at the cross, offering yourself to Christ, and renewing your mind in kingdom thinking, kingdom orienting, throne room decisions, sin will be killing us. We don't want that. So what... Paul goes on to do is he makes a list to give an example of what that carnal thinking is. He, he says this, um, where is it here, uh, verse 7, <coughs> he said, in these things you too once walked, you were living in them, but now you must put them away. You see, just because you're saved, they don't go away. You must put them away. We used to live in them. They used to be our identity, but not anymore. You're identified in Christ. But we still have to put those patterns away. How many of you know they're pretty entrenched? They were the things that consumed us. They were the things that we survived through life, the self-medicating, the self-gratifying that got us through before we knew Jesus. Now we know him. Now we don't need them. They were all a cheap imitation of what Christ brings into our lives. So put them off. So Paul gives a list, and and, and he lists them. And the first list is for the human appetite. The second list is the human attitude. Here's the human appetite that he describes. Sexual immorality. How many of you know we're in a culture that is sexually driven? Sex is the answer for all your self-gratification, and it's splintered into whatever sexual preference and identity you have. And uh, he goes on, and he uses the word pornea, which is sexual sins, which is fornication or sex before covenant marriage, adultery while you're in marriage, homosexuality, bestiality. You named the preference of sexual appetite. When it is not within the bounds of what God has ordained for human and holy sexuality, it is a human appetite that this world craves. Being believers, we should have a healthy, holy sexual identity. God didn't eradicate sex. He's the one who invented it. So if you would follow his way of enjoying sexual activity, it will be a blessing Outside of that, it becomes a real problem. And in the church, we have a real problem with sexuality. We're broken people, but we're still going back to old patterns of self-gratification. Uh, I forget what the, the statistics are on pornography in the church, but it is equal to the, those who are outside the church. That's broken sexuality. That's woundedness. We don't go tisk tisk bad, bad. We go, oh, you don't. There's something better for you. Get your head in the heavenlies, in the throne room. Let God heal the woundedness and cleanse. Impurity, impure minds, impure jokes, impure entertainment. The world is entertained by filth. We're entertained by the degradation of sin. Are we putting that off? I used to be in the 50s, you know, we look back and we laugh at the church in the 50s. Oh my gosh, they were such prudes. They were something else, looking at Elvis shaking his hips. Oh my, that rock and roll music. Oh, what prudes. Where did it get us? You hear the music today? It is X-rated pornography. It is hideous. The movies Everything that is about entertainment is either raunchy or violent or vile. It's impurity. We we can't be entertained with that when we've got access to the throne of God. What is entertaining us? Thirdly is the passions, the lust, the drives. What drives you? You know, there's so many different drives that we've been triggered with and brought up with. What, what is the self-medication self-medica- you prefer? Is it food? Right? Food's a hard one because you've got to eat, but yet we can overeat. Is it, is it gawking? Is it, is it speech? Is it, is it, what, what is the passion, you know? Uh, we've got to be careful of our human appetite. Evil desires. Covetousness. Covetousness is, is this silent giant that is growing in our culture because we're all on Instagram we're all looking at these amazing things that people are living these lives and I'm jealous of that house you you watch movies everybody lives in a mansion tv shows they're going to rebuild a room in a house it's like what do you need that that room rebuilt for that house is amazing nobody ever redoes houses that we live in the bungalow down the block. Do you imagine that? Who's the two brothers, you know, going to sell or buy? You're going to go buy this one? It's a three-bedroom, one-bathroom house. That ain't going to sell on TV, is it? That's what we live in. But I get covetousness. I don't know about you. I look at these people. Oh, my gosh, the Bahamas. Why am I not there? Oh, that's right. I can't afford it flip over oh my gosh look where they are oh I always wanted to be in a balloon ride oh my gosh look at that motorcycle that's awesome oh that house it's got a pool I want a pool (laughs) it's just in us all the time and and you know what I've got a view that most people don't have it's a view of God but I got to imagine that but it's a real thing and, I, and then, I, then I realized that so much of this is a, is, a, is a facade. It's a charade. These people don't have Christ. Their families are falling apart. Their marriages are falling apart. Their finances are, are in ruins. I'm a blessed man. I've got a great life, a house, a wife, with kids and grandkids. I've got love. I've got friends. I'm rich in God. That's getting my head on right. Amen? Amen? got to get our head right that's the human attitude he goes on further and then he talks about i'm sorry that's the appetite then he talks about the attitude he said another thing we've got to put away so we've got to deal with this inner striving of an appetite that that adam self gratifying attitude and then he goes uh appetite then he goes to the attitude which has to do with others And again, we live in a culture where if you don't agree with me, get away from me. You're a loser. Well, I won't even discuss it with you. You know, so we've got to deal with anger. We've got to deal with wrath. What is wrath? It's a rage. It's a vengeance. You know, we we talk about road rage, road wrath. Sounds like a road rash. But we're just angry at people. They cut me off. I was in the airport yesterday and I couldn't believe how angry I got at people because they were walking in front of me. I had to check my attitude, I had to get readjusted. I'm walking, of course, several other million people are walking in the airport. And this lady walked right in front of me and was like, oh my gosh, really? That was going on in me while I was smiling on the outside. Another person coming towards me and it's like, I'm not moving, you're moving. I'm walking. You're walking, but I'm walking. My walk's more important. I have to get home. I don't know what you're doing. This is all going on in the attitude of my heart. Sorry, I'm confessing to you, but I know I'm not alone. Till you readjust your head and think from above, and then put on the lens of Christ, and you realize how many of these people are going to be eternally estranged from God in hell forever. It shifts something in us off of us. Our attitude is so much about us. The anger, the wrath, the malice, that's the premeditated stuff, the slander, obscene talk. You know, people, young people are always asking the question is it wrong to swear? I mean, just the, you know, you go into a high school now, it's what used to be a factory, well, how factory guys used to talk. I mean, it's filthy. High schools, junior highs, our kids go into these places that the language is absolute filth. And uh, it's ridiculous. And they always ask, is it wrong? Does God, you know, it's just a word according to our social structure and all this. No, it's obscene. It's coarse language. You speak in heavenly language. Your mind is to be above. So it should be above the baseness and the crassness of fallen man. We should not be lying to each other. So, I mean, we could spend a lot of time in this, but I think we're all convicted in, uh, of this already. I don't need to go any further with it. And he goes on in verses 10 and 11, and he says this, but you have put on the new man, the new self, which is being renewed in knowledge after the image of its creator. You and I are progressively, line upon line, from glory to glory, an ever-increasing uh beautification you and i are becoming more like jesus that's why we come here to worship him pour out our hearts get the word in us so that we become transformed even just a little further today by the word of god and i can put away the human appetite the earthly the fleshly appetite and have a heavenly appetite and i can put away the 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 sinful attitudes and have a holy attitude and change the course of how i live And this is what he says is the attitude that we're to have that we can enjoy. He says this, in fact, Paul says this in 2 Corinthians, From now on, therefore, we regard no one according to the flesh. That's a whole different attitude. I'm not going to judge someone by my flesh anymore. I'm going to determine and regard everybody from a heavenly point of view. From a Christ attitude. That doesn't mean you stay away from sinners. Where was Jesus most of the time? With sinners. He was called a a glutton and a drunk because he spent all his time with people who were hungry to change their lives. Not the self righteous And so we are to be the people who no longer judge according to my flesh, your flesh, the fallen nature. I'm not going to judge them based on my attitude or how I was brought up. I'm being brought up in a new house, in a new attitude, in a new frame of mind from above. So I'm not going to judge anybody according to my flesh anymore. I'm going to discern people based on Christ's heart for them. And here's the benefit. This is what he says we need to put on. Now again, this is us. This is up to us. Put this on. It's available all your sizes. The rack is right over here. Come on over. Pick it up. And he goes through this list. He says in verse 12, Put on then, as God's chosen ones, holy and beloved, compassion. Put on compassion. Put on compassion kindness. Put on humility. Put on meekness. Put on patience. And that's in McDonald's. Not easy. Not easy. Patience in a fast food place. Patience at a restaurant. Patience at a store. Humility when you're dealing with your taxes. Kindness. When people are treating you lousy? Yeah, we've got to put on the heart of Christ, the clothing of Christ. Put this on. Put that old stuff off. It's a simple illustration of an exchange. Don't put the filth back on. Dress yourself in compassion, kindness, humility, meekness, patience, bearing with one another. And if one has a complaint against another, really? you got a problem with me, and I'm supposed to bear with you? Talk to the hand. That's old. Out of date. Now it's not even talk to the hand. I won't even give you a response. But no, that's not the attitude. If someone has a complaint, you're to bear with them. Work it out. Forgive each other. As the Lord has forgiven you. You know, every reference I see in Scripture about us forgiving others, there's always the tagline, isn't there? As Christ has forgiven you. See, this thing is reciprocal. If you've been forgiven, you must forgive others. And above all these things, put on. You're not done dressing yet. The outfit is not complete. Put on love, which binds everything together in perfect harmony. But we're not done there. And then let peace, the peace of Christ, rule in your hearts, to which indeed you were called into one body. Wow, this is quite a list, wouldn't you say? How many of you want to live with that mindset? Now, you're going to be trampled on, and you're going to be rejected, and you're going to be scoffed at but I'll tell you what, living in that world is nice. There's nothing like it. Oh, and in the end, he says this, last of all, be thankful. Be thankful. Put off the appetites of the flesh. Put off the attitudes of who you are and put on compassion kindness humility meekness patience forgiveness love peace you know this is the fruit of god's own nature how am i supposed to put on god's nature cuz he put it in us it's living in us we have to release this and kill the flesh and be thankful to god now we how are we going to do this together As a body of Christ, how are we going to do it? So he goes on and he says this, Let the Word of Christ dwell in you richly, teaching and admonishing one another in all wisdom, singing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs with thankfulness in your heart to God. That's how we're going to do it, people of Christ. That's how we're going to do it, body of Christ. You and I together, we're going to study the Word of God. We're going to let it dwell in us richly because it's going to transform our mind. We're going to admonish one another, encourage one another with wisdom on the best way to make decisions. Help each other with this. And we're going to sing songs and hymns and spiritual songs, worshiping God in gratitude and thankfulness. That will change your thinking and the way you appear to the world. How about personally, he concludes with this, and whatever you do in word or deed, do everything. Everything, they didn't get it, everything, do everything, everything in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. Whatever you do, all right, this is an absolute, this is an absolute to live And to put on Christ and to grow in Christ, the absolute is in word what comes out of your mouth because of the abundance of your heart. And whatever your action is, whatever you put your hands to do, do all of it in the name of the Lord. Next time you hold that control clicker, unto the name of Jesus Christ, I watch this movie. Next you put your hands on the key or the mouse. Of the computer, what I have on my screen, I have to the glory of God. Whatever I let come out of my mouth, may it glorify Christ Jesus in my attitude and action. This is the only way we can do this. And it's up to you and I. We want Jesus to do it. Jesus, make me a better person. He already did. It's all been downloaded. Access this. And let it go forth. Let it go forth. That's what the Lord says. And that's how we live from above. Have a mind that is above in Christ Jesus. Let's bow our heads, shall we? Lord God, this is a simple lesson, but oh, so difficult for us to live in. I don't want to walk according to the flesh anymore. I don't want to live in the baseness of a fallen man. I want to walk in the fruit of God's nature. I want to partake in your divine nature, as Peter said. God, I pray for that for everybody here. I pray for those who are struggling against the appetites of the flesh. God, help us. In Jesus' name, I break the power of those things that are restricting us. And the appetites that overcome our choices. The compulsions that we're trying to break. Oh God, give us the strength to seek Christ first. To honor you in love more than anything else. Oh God, may the king of our heart be Jesus Christ. Above all things and through all things.